batter up, baseball is back, pitchers reporting last week on Valentine's Day, and most teams begin their practice games tomorrow. Though many of us are still cold and facing snow, baseball in February helps hope spring eternal. Thirty teams, and all are hoping to make it to the World Series come October. This is the one time of year when every baseball fan hopes that this year will be the year for their team. But be careful when you look at the predictions. Last year, one reporter had the Yankees going all the way, but they didn't make the postseason for the first time since 2016. But hope springs eternal for every baseball fan. What do you put your hope in? Joshua reminded Israel that not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Paul reminding us that all of God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus. He is one and will win in the end. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And here on this Wednesday, we're in a series called Following Jesus Through Cancer. And David Wolin, our new president and speaker, we heard that interview with Andy McQuitty yesterday about his journey with a very deadly form of cancer. He was told he was going to die. We did. I was so moved by the conversation, Charles, that you had with him all those years ago. And I know back then Andy was the senior pastor of Irving Bible Church there in Texas and that he'd been told he was going to die from cancer to get his affairs in order. And But then he started journaling about what he thought would be his last days before meeting Jesus face to face. But clearly, the Lord had other plans. Well, he really did. And as I shared on Monday about my own cancer experience, it makes you face reality. As scripture says, God has appointed that day for every one of us. But are we ready for that day, ready to die? Andy faced that head on and the Lord used that in his life. It felt like God had miraculously spared me for a purpose, and I felt that the purpose was to relate my experiences of going through that for others who were coming behind me. Well, more from Dr. Andy McQuitty in just a few moments. He'll be sharing an update on what the Lord has done in his life over the last decades since we had him on the program. And then after the program, we want to ask you to get in touch with us. We want to ask you to make a gift to Haven Today. But then we really would like to send you a copy of Andy's book called Notes from the Valley, a spiritual travelogue through cancer. You can watch the video that we shot with his pastor in his study at the church there in Texas. You can read a sample chapter of his book, but then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And now let's start the program with Pat Barrett and Morning by Morning. Daily, daily I surrender. Grace for today is all that I need. Surprised by your mercy that's new every morning. Awaken my soul to sing. Oh, awaken my soul.
breath overtaken by one One step at a time When I'm overwhelmed Strength for today And bright hope for tomorrow Awaken my soul to sing Awaken my soul to sing I will trust Where you lead I will trust When I can't see Morning by morning Great is your faithfulness To me I will trust With all my heart You are good You always are Morning by morning Great is your faithfulness To me All fear Be reminded My future is secure Oh my Father Has spoken And He keeps His every word All fear Be reminded My future is secure Oh my Father Has spoken And He keeps His every word So I will trust Where you lead And I will trust When I Morning by morning, I will trust you're in a haven today following Jesus through cancer. I'm Charles Morris with David Wollen, and we decided the end of last week to go back to Andy McQuitty nearly a decade later and ask him, since God spared him, what it's been like for these last several years since the Lord allowed him to go into remission. Andy, it's going on 10 years since we had you in the program. Uh, You had survived stage four cancer. Uh, You had written a book, Notes from the Valley. What's been happening these last 10 years? How has what you went through affected how you relate to other people? Well, uh, Charles, thank you for that. Uh, It's a pleasure to be back with you uh, on the planet, healthy and alive. After I was given a virtual death sentence uh, about, oh, I guess... It's been almost 14 years ago now. And when God brought me through that over a three-year period of, of, of treatments, including major surgeries and real gnarly chemotherapy for a couple of years, it felt like God had miraculously spared me for a purpose. And I felt that the purpose was to relate my experiences of going through that for others who were coming behind me. 
That's why I wrote the book Notes from the Valley. But the the, the years since then have, have been rich and full. Um, it was two years ago now that they brought me in for the last colonoscopy of the 10-year watch period. And the doctor that had discovered the tumor in the first place conducted that colonoscopy. And I'll never forget waking up uh, from that colonoscopy. And he was standing over me. He's a Christian man, a dear friend of mine, smiling from ear to ear. He says, Andy, it's 10 years and you are completely clear. I'm declaring you healed. We're going to we're going to treat you from now on as if you never had cancer. That was two years ago. <laughs> and and in that 10 years, I, I continue to write books. I, I've, I've written three more books. And now that I've retired, I've you know, the Lord has led me uh, through the pandemic when we were seeing what, 1500 pastors a month leaving the ministry. Because they, you know, they, there was no in-person worship. The, the money dried up. The fellowship dried up. They were discouraged and they were quitting. And God tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Okay, you 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 just retired from one pastorate, but I'm I'm leading you into another pastorate, a pastorate to pastors." So we launched a nonprofit, Kaleo Collective, two years ago, and I'm I'm leading that. So I'm I'm working still probably sixty hours a week, <laughs> even though I'm retired. Going strong, having having been plucked from one foot in the grave, literally, back in 2009, when I was first diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And ever since then, it's been just a a, a time of sensing the, the, the love and compassion of our Father. Hmm. You know, Andy, a, a friend of mine uh, who also just recently retired from the pastorate said, you know, retired just means I need to get a new set of tires. So I got another 80,000 miles to go here. Sounds like you're in the same boat. <laughs> well said. <laughs> well, is there anything that in the years since you've written that book and thinking back, reflecting back on your journey through cancer, is there anything that you've learned since then and, and reflected on in the years since you last connected with Charles and Haven and, and did that first interview? Yeah, it's a great question, David. I think that the one thing that has stood out to me more and more over the years. It's not something that I'm learning for the first time, but it's something that I'm, I'm learning in a deeper way than even when I wrote the book. Is this, and it, and it sounds, it sounds counterintuitive to say it, but the blessing of suffering in the lives of God's children cannot be overstated. It's not a popular concept. I mean, we don't like to think that one of the, the chief ways that God pours his blessing, the, the the reality of his presence, of his goodness, of his grace, of his love into our lives, that that he he pours that into our lives through suffering in a way that uh, no no other experience can bring us. In the introduction to Notes from the Valley, when I'm introducing this trope of me being a, a, a travel guide through the Valley of Cancer, um, I, I said in that introduction, I said, you know, now those of you who have entered this, this Golden Bust Cancer Club membership, you know, against your will, let me let you know that I understand the fear and the pain and the uh, just the upset that this causes. But I want to point out to you, even as you enter this valley, 
that though the valley is long and dark and deep sometimes, that there are beautiful things to behold in this valley. And there are many things that you're going to find in this valley that uh, are of such a magnitude of beauty. You you can't believe that you uh, would not have found this any other way than by going through the valley. I think I would have stressed that even more, is that, yeah, this is miserable, but you know, all that for the child of God is very um, enlightening to the to the beauty and the grace and the love of God. I just rejoice with gratitude to the Lord uh, for that for for going through the experience because I He taught me so much in that experience that I could never have learned any other way. That that's something that I don't think people really believe it until they experience it. But you know. I hold it out to people who are starting through that valley to give them encouragement that, hey, you know, maybe that pastor's right. Maybe I'll get to the end of this thing and whatever my destination, I'm going to be grateful for the experience. And uh, I know they will if they go through in faith. I know they will. Hmm. Pastor Emeritus now, Andy McQuitty, thank you so much for reconnecting with Charles and me today and, and sharing an update. And we rejoice in God's work in your life and in your ministry and in your healing and pray that he prospers the endeavor he's led you on today. Thank you for being with us. Absolutely, David. Well, this is Haven Today. What another remarkable time that we had with Andy McQuitty. The program's called Following Jesus Through Cancer. I'm Charles Morris with David Woolen. I'm so glad, David, we were able to catch up again and get the after story from Andy McQuitty. Well, me too, Charles. Only an 8% chance of survival. And truly, every day since then, a miracle, the Lord has preserved him. And what an encouragement to hear how, even in his retirement, he's being used by the Lord to encourage those going through cancer, and he's encouraging other pastors as well. And Charles, as we think about cancer, honestly, I think many of us, especially as we get older, I mean, I'm in my 40s now, uh, I know that I'm beginning to realize that there are little aches and pains, things that don't seem quite right sometimes when I go into the doctor and I start to wonder, what's the doctor going to say or do? We can live in fear of that. Well, we do. I can relate to that. It's not that you worry excessively, but like I shared on Monday's program, I know what it's like to see the body language of a doctor entering the examining room. He's got your test results. And I'm thankful myself that after a couple of years, the melanoma has not returned and they tell me I'm probably good to go. And I rejoice with you about that news, Charles. Every day is a gift. And it's so easy to forget that. Yesterday, Andy McQuitty was talking with us about hope, and uh, he didn't find it because he was a pastor. He found it because he belongs to Jesus. The peace and the hope that he found, that's something every Christian faced with dying can find. But I think that there may be some out there today thinking to themselves, well, that's easy for you guys to say. I'm so glad it worked out well for him or for you, but I'm not sure about me. What should I do? Where do I turn? What about my journey? Well, just drawing on my own years of experience in ministry and, and caring and shepherding roles with, with the church and, and those who have suffered, I, I think first and foremost, we turn to the Lord. We, we seek Him in the Word, and we let Him speak through the Word. 
We let his promises and truths just drive us to our knees for desperate prayers that are so needed when you or someone you love is facing a a terminal illness, a a scary diagnosis. I know for me, just visiting the sick and and the dying at times, I've turned to Psalm 23 and also places like Isaiah 40, where it says, comfort, comfort my people. Uh, This is prophecy about life and death and the Messiah, our Lord and King Jesus. He's promised right there in Isaiah 40. It says, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert, a highway for our God. That phrase there, Charles, in the wilderness, that's an important phrase with a lot of biblical significance. In the Bible, wilderness is the place of testing. It's the place where provision is lacking, support and comfort removed. It's the place where the only hope you have is complete and utter dependence upon the Lord. And it's a place for growth. Isaiah 40 continues, it's down in verse 11 here with a picture of the good shepherd. It says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. That's the shepherd we have in the valley. That's the shepherd we know. And Charles, I know that's one of your favorite passages. It's still encouraging you today, isn't it? It certainly is, David. And just as we've been sharing cancer experiences, I remember being in the hospital room uh, with my one of my favorite uncles when he died of cancer. Uh, it was not a peaceful death. But in the moments leading up to his death uh, in a hospital in Colorado Springs, we were able to pray. We were able to read scripture together. And... Uh, For everyone listening today, you have your own stories of loss. You know your own story and what that dark valley was like. And maybe you're going through that valley today. Well, I hope you're finding comfort in God's word and with God's people. I know firsthand he is the go-to. Even when we think our own faith has gone missing. And maybe even we're doubting that the Lord will even speak. Well, and and Charles, the word drives us to prayer and in our desperation, hopefully to seek out the prayers of other believers. Charles, I'm thinking back to just a few months ago, and it was in our church and the other elders and pastors and I had had gathered one Sunday morning around a young family. Uh, It was another cancer story, and it was one of the longest, most pain-filled stories of a cancer journey I think I've ever seen. The father was there. He was the one with cancer and he was in so much pain. He couldn't even speak. And his wife and his precious little girl were just standing right there next to them with tears in their eyes. And we just, we just prayed scripture over them. And we we gathered around them and placed our hands on them and just, just cried out to the Lord. And well, we, we just cried. And Charles, this is ministry. This is ministry, too, when we weep with those who weep. We serve a Savior who also weeps and walks with us through pain, pain he knows all about. Now, is that a cookie-cutter answer? Is that too simplistic? Well, if, if we have confidence that the Lord Jesus has saved us, can't we have confidence that he'll speak to us and minister to us and our families and hold us in his arms even when we're dying? Yes, we can. And how does he speak? 
It's through his word. And so we listen to the word, don't we, Charles? We do. And Romans 14 is one of those places that the Lord has used with me when somebody close has died. It's not just talking about eating unclean meat. It speaks encouragement when the smell of death is all around you. It's in the air. God has spoken to me forcefully through Romans 14. And I think he can speak to you through this passage as well. Verse 7, for none of us lives for ourselves alone. And none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. Yet if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the death and the living. Now, that's comfort. Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. That's encouragement. The Lord speaks to us. He comforts us through his word. And once he speaks to you, then you can take on the hard things like Andy McQuitty spoke about. You can have that painful talk with your wife or a husband or a friend or with your children about you getting ready to leave them forever. You can offer them the comfort and hope that you've found in Jesus that we can't find in ourselves. God wants to speak to us even when we're dying. and He does speak to us. He wants us to share then his words with others when we're dying. Do the first things first. Give him the glory even in your final days. Seek out his word. Pray to hear him speak from his word. And once you've heard from him, then you can do what's important, but not so important. Things like finding and putting your paperwork in order. Serious steps to take, like making your home going to the Lord easier for those you're leaving behind. If you seek him, as he's getting ready to call you home, you'll begin to see how true Romans 14 is. Let me just share also verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. That means it's just not a matter of stuff. But his kingdom is of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God. How can we not forget that precious in his sight is the death of a saint? He loves you even as you're dying. Haven today, following Jesus through cancer. Well, Charles, it was so good to hear from Andy McQuitty today. Uh, I was thinking of that well-known passage in Ecclesiastes, better is the day of death than the day of birth. It's better to go to a funeral than to a party. We all must die, and everyone living should think about this. And hopefully that's something that we accomplished for the good of our souls today through this broadcast. This isn't about death. This is about life in Christ. And for anyone listening right now who wants that hope for themselves, that assurance of knowing Jesus, can I encourage you to call us? We have friends, we have the Haven team standing by and ready to pray with you. We'll share our number and web address in just a moment. And let me just again invite you to join Andy McQuitty on this personal journey that he made through his Valley of the Shadow of Death with Cancer. When he was told he was going to die, 8% chance he would live, he didn't think he'd make it. 
But he decided to just journal those final days of his life. And I think you will be blessed like I've been by his transparency, a journal that tackles honest and gut-level questions like, why did I even get this cancer? God, do you still love me? How do I live while I'm in these dying days? And he was a pastor, but he walked through these questions firsthand, and he didn't leave us with little trite answers. And so I want to encourage you today to go and check out Notes from the Valley. It's on the Haven website. This is an encouragement to anyone who's facing a journey like this, whether you're in the valley right now yourself, whether someone you love or a friend is going through a dark valley like this. Well, this is an encouragement for you to know how to walk alongside them, to have a an insight into what it feels like to face a dark valley and what it looks like to reach out and find the Lord and Savior and shepherd who's right there near you to walk alongside you through it. So would you go online and visit us right now at haventoday.org? That's haventoday.org. There you can make your gift that keeps this ministry on the air. We are 100% supported by friends like you. So when you do that, making your gift, you can also request your copy of Notes Through the Valley by Andy McQuitty, or you can also make your gift by phone at 865-HAVEN. That's 865-HAVEN. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Charles Morris. And I'm David Wolin. Thanks for joining us on this journey with Christ together. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll be sharing the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your walk with Jesus, I'm David Wolin with Haven Today, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If you speak English as a second language today, well, today's the day for you. International Mother Language Day. Linguistic scholars today say there are over 7,000 known languages in the world. And for the Great Commission of Christ, that means there are many people and cultures to reach. In Revelation chapter 5, there's a song that rings out in heaven to Christ. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language, and people, and nation. Did you catch that? It's with the blood of Jesus that people were purchased from every tribe. There's no barrier big enough to stop Jesus from saving sinners. See more of Jesus in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.